who, in your mind, who's the starting other guard? First of all, did you say Obre Jr.? Come on, bro. It's Obre Jr. Man, get it together. First of all, you got to get the names right. Okay. You get your names right say. for all these stats well, you do? first you of all, right? you know, Anthony wants the big, everyone's got the big three. Anthony wants, like, the big ten. <laughs> five. Five would do. Just give me a starting five. What do you, what do you think, like, Okay, you know? okay. All right, stop the shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Matter of Stats podcast. Tonight is myself, Anthony, with Kobe. Billy has the night off. What's up, Kobe? What's going on? Joining from uh, the road. Do I sound okay? You sound uh, like the traveling man. But that's that's good <laughs> for me. All right, let's get this party started. I'm excited. I'm ready for tonight. We got Boston tonight. I know the listeners aren't probably going to hear this until tomorrow, so... By then, they'll probably know that we got slaughtered by 35 points or whatever it is. But hopefully not. I know. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I don't know. Boston hasn't <laughs> lost three games in a row in a calendar year, so we'll see. <laughs> in over a calendar year. Anyway, okay, let's jump right into our headlines. In the NFL last week, Kobe, the Rams, claimed your boy Baker Mayfield off of waivers when he got cut by the Panthers. And not only did he play, he got the Rams their first win since week six. <laughs> Shout out Baker. Yeah. Um, some big and some big MLB signings last week. Uh, AL MVP Aaron Judge re-signed with the Yankees on a nine-year, $360 million deal. Uh, all-star catcher Wilson Contreras left the Cubs for the Cardinals for a five-year, $87.5 million deal. And Red Sox shortstop Xander Bogart signed an 11-year, $280 million deal with the Padres. Uh, some WNBA news. I'm sure everybody heard that Brittany Griner was finally released from Russia and is uh, back. So that's pretty awesome news. In college football, Kobe, our boy. Caleb Williams. USC QB. Caleb Williams won the Heisman. So hopefully, uh, you know, Coach Walker and Frosty will be excited about that. Uh, you know, it's a little bitter end of the season, but this is a nice uh, – a nice way to at least crown a pretty good year for the Trojans. Yep. In some sneaker news, I think that's what the kids call them, sneakers. Um, Nike parted ways with Kyrie Irving, and he is now a uh, sneaker-free agent. Uh, and in some other NFL news, uh, yesterday, last night, unfortunately, Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray uh, did end up tearing his ACL in the loss to the Patriots. That's a tough blow to the young um, quarterback and will be on the road to recovery, but it's a pretty long road to, uh, to travel. That's the headlines, Kobe. Yeah. Prayers up to Kyler Murray. You know, you hate to see that kind of thing happen to anybody, but you know, especially a young up and coming quarterback like Kyler Murray, for sure. Um, I like how Kyrie, the sneaker news, huh? That's a first Uh, like Kyrie's out. You didn't, you didn't happen to say John Morant is in though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's true. That they they basically they traded Kyrie for Ja. That's a pretty good trade, I think. I think Nike would do that all day, right? I think oh, most yeah. GMs would do that all day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I like I like some Ja, and uh, hey, uh, I'll be looking out for the sneakers, man. I, I need me a new pair of hoop and shoes for sure. Okay, okay, I feel you. I feel you. All right, let's jump into you know our favorite segment, of course, our Laker talk. So the Lakers culminated the East Coast trip 
three and three, which I think is pretty good because on this pod a couple weeks ago, I think we said anything over two wins would be a success. <laughs> I know the trip started off really well and there was a little bit higher expectations, but when AD and LeBron, you know, basically missed, you know, a couple of games there, that kind of tempered expectations, but at least finished it off 500, which I think is a success at this point in time. So um, a lot of talk about 80s play and the Lakers up and down, but uh, I really wanted to get the coaching side of things. Uh, three and three trip, you know, Lakers are still below 500, but the West is wild, so nobody's out of it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, AD's playing at a super high level. LeBron is playing, you know, at LeBron level. The Lakers right now have four players in double figures, you know, with uh, Walker and Reeves contributing. Um, the Lakers over the last month have been a much better team than they were the first month of the season. You know, statistically, they rank um, you know, in the top 10 in a lot of, you know, the categories, the efficiency, net rating, the scoring, et cetera. So I just wanted to get your thoughts, Kobe, on uh, Darvin Ham and maybe what he's done, what he hasn't done around. What, what's your feeling on his coaching so far? Yeah, well, I feel like uh, you're kind of setting me up because I know you're going to go in in a second here on the, on the X's and O's and, you know, your four guard lineups. I know you love those. Um, <laughs> I don't really want to focus too much on maybe what he's not doing or, or, you know, the, the bad things that he may be doing because, Hey, look, at the end of the day, um, you know, Frank Vogel was an X's and O's kind of guy, you know, no one would really, you know, say he was a bad coach or he didn't know, know the game, you know, and Darvin Ham could come in the season, um, you know, doing the same X's and O's and, uh, you know, running kind of the same, uh, you know, schemes and being an all defensive minded coach. But, you know, if that was the case, we would have just kept Frank Vogel. So I kind of look at it like what's Darvin Ham doing differently. And, you know, in some of those wins there, you know, I, I love to see Dar he's a, he's a player's coach, you know, and I, I love to see him hyping up the guys in, in uh, post-game interviews. And I love seeing him dancing out on the floor and warmups and stuff like that. And, you know, you know, the guys are really rallying around him. I think one of the things that was really important um, you know, in that loss to, uh, I think it was to Indiana, um, where Darvin Ham took the blame for that loss, you know, uh, no, knowing, knowing, uh, knowing damn well that those players, they, they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have blown that. And I think that especially a guy like right. AD, um, you know, hearing that, hearing that his coach, a coach that they love and that they rally around is taking the blame for that. I think like literally that very next game was when AD was like, oh, hell no, that ain't happening again. And he just was this beast was unlocked, you know. Um, and you know, when 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 the when the Lakers were playing playing well, it's like it seems like the players credit when they're not playing well, you know, we're we're quick to point the finger at Darvin Ham. So I want to make sure that we're keeping that same energy when we're playing well, when we're not playing well. Again, I like the things that Darvin Ham is doing because you know he's not only uh scheming with what he can, you know, because like you said, you said in past pods. Yeah, we're playing four guard lineups, but what choice does Darvin Ham Darvin Ham have half the time? You know, so um, you know he's doing the best he can with what he has. Um, I know there's guys in there that you may not be too fond of always playing, you know, so many minutes or whatever. But mm -hmm. um, I like what he I like what he's doing so far. Um, you know, again, 500 is I think what we expected, and uh, but we saw glimpses of AD that look like bubble AD. So. That's good. We want to see that. And um, I'd like to think that Darvin Ham was a big part of that. So, yeah. Now, okay, really quick. Is he, is he better than Frank Vogel? 
like, would you say that he's been an improvement to Frank Vogel, a downgrade or a push? Um, well, I would say we haven't seen enough of him in his role yet. I mean, what are we only like 23, 24 games in or whatever? Um, 26. From a schematic point of view. But, you know, if we're talking like, like being a player's coach, oh, hands mm-hmm. down. You're not going to see Frank Vogel, you know, uh, jumping in and, inter- uh, you know, interrupting post-game interviews and, you know, doing little dance moves on the court. Like, that just wasn't Frank Vogel. Well, and, right, um, right, right. And those kind of, you know, that that's that's good energy. You want that kind of stuff, especially um, maybe for a coach in L.A. where there's such high expectations. Sometimes you just want a guy that could uh, let loose and have a good time and have fun. And um, in that aspect, I would say, yes, m- much better than Frank Vogel, of course. But um. Yeah, I don't disagree with everything you're saying. I think that, yes, you know, Darvin Ham is working with what he's got, right? You know, it's like, a, it's like a chef. If you give him the ingredients, he can only make so much, right? If I give you cereal and milk, you're not going to make me a steak dinner. It's just the way it goes. So he, he is working with what he has, and I think that he is an improvement from Vogel. I don't know about the schematics. Obviously, the X's and O's, you talked about it. It's well-documented. He's a first-time head coach. You know, he's not necessarily, is he a Tyron Lue who, who is very good at motivating the players and relating to the players and the X's and O's? I think he definitely has the relatable part. I think the players like him and respect him uh, either more or differently than they did Frank Vogel. I think they respected Frank Vogel, but in just more of a like, okay, yeah, he's the boss. We're more like a business relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think they really – I think that they like and respect Darvin Ham in a, in a different way. So I think that he definitely relates to the players better than Vogel does. And the X's and O's, you're right. Maybe that will, you know, come – it'll improve down the road. Not like it's bad, but like you said, we haven't seen enough to really be like, oh, man, that was a terrible call or, oh, that was a terrible set or, you know, whatever. And I'm giving him a pass on the lineups because obviously the four guard lineups are not ideal. They're not going to work in today's NBA. You're not going to beat a team in a seven game series playing a four guard lineup. It's just not going to work. Well, but, it's funny. It's funny because even for a second, sometimes you see it's a four guard lineup and then LeBron at the five. And it's like, yeah, truly LeBron's kind of like a guard too. So it's like a five guard lineup sometimes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the LeBron at center lineup at all. Just, you know, in general, but. When you know when AD was you know out, and then obviously when he was in foul trouble, you know in that Sixers game, you know Darvin had to just work with what he got, right? And it's like you're going to play LeBron at the five or Damian Jones. I get it, right? But um, I think that the Lakers will look to 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 improve this team between now and February, and when they do, I think that will really help Darvin Ham because he won't be limited to four guard lineups. He won't be forced to have to play, you know, ultra small, have to play two, three, sometimes four guys out there that can't shoot, that can't stretch the floor, you know, or, you know, are really limited. And, 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 you know, you saw it in that Detroit game, you know, Patrick Beverly trying to guard Bogdanovich and Bogdanovich just draining threes, you know, over him because I mean, what's, what's he supposed to do? He's got, he's got five inches on Patrick Beverly. There's, there's no chance he he can guard him. So I think that's just – that has to improve. And that's not a Darvin Ham thing. That's not even a uh, – really like the player's fault, right? It's just, we, you know, that the, the, the wings aren't there. And I think that the wings will come. Are you saying this uh, is a front office problem? Well, 
<laughs> it just bleeds into the, the second segment here. You know, we, we, we talked about the road trip, I think, which was a, a success overall. The Philly game was what it was. We, you know, if we, but we should have lost that game anyways because we were down 18 with, what, four minutes to go or something. Yeah. So <laughs> I consider that, you know, it is what it is. We should have lost that game outright, not because we missed a free throw. But I think three and three was a successful trip. Lakers obviously playing better over the last month, like we talked about. Darvin Ham, I think, is doing a pretty good job given what he's got. You know, I don't think he's the, I don't think he's the overwhelming reason that the Lakers have won games, but I don't think he's the overwhelming reason that the Lakers have lost games. I think he's he's learning and doing the best he can. But obviously, with the small lineups, with the lack of shooting, with the lack of uh, you know depth uh, from a wing position the Lakers clearly have to do something. And the latest rumors, obviously we talked about Bogdanovich, Cam Reddish, his name has popped up again. Evan Fournier's name has popped up, which I don't care for. So, you know, what, what, what would you do? Kobe GM? Would you, would you go after, would you trade Russ and Bev? Would you trade just Bev and none and try to keep Russ and just get one guy? Because, you could trade Beverly and Nunn and get one guy, like say just Bogdanovich, or you could trade Russ and Bev, and you could get Bogdanovich, Fournier, and Reddish. Or you could get Bogdanovich, Heald, and Reddish. Yeah, I'm me personally. You, you guys know how I feel. I'm just not a big fan of like a blowing teams up, period. But then blowing them up like yeah. when we kind of have something going. Um, so I would probably want to keep it as minimal as possible i'd probably say like bev and none as much as that hurts me to say because i really like what bev brings to the table a lot of stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet i know you don't care much for it but um i feel like i i would go that route and bring in one guy um maybe uh uh, yeah like a bogdanovich or um cam reddish i like cam reddish too i think that russ just has so much passion and so much fire look russ russ and um, Beverly, neither one have won a championship. I think both desperately want to win a championship bad, but who's playing better right now. Who's more valuable to the team. Um, as far as the stats and can fire people up, I would say probably Russ and, um, you know, that's a hall of famer that uh, I would love to see win a championship. So I would say we stick with Russ and, uh, we go the Bev and none route. Now, uh, I talked about this a little bit last week, you know, by myself, but I wanted to bring it up, you know, since, you know, there's another body on the, on the, <laughs> on the pod this time. Um, <laughs> I, I would trade, I would trade them both if, if we could get, you know, maximum return. But I mean, I'd be fine with a small deal, at least for now, if you want to roll with Russ off the bench for a little while longer. My, my issue with having Russ and Bev is if you have them on this team, they have to play. And they're both playing, you know, around 30 minutes a night. And if they're out there in stretches or if they're out there t- together, not only is the lineup small, but the, it's just a, a, such a severe lack of shooting. And you, I know you like Bev a lot more than I do. I'm not a huge Patrick, Patrick Beverly fan. I, I never have been. Uh, my opinion might be, you know, obviously slightly different than the people that are going to be in favor of Patrick Beverly. But to me, four and a half points a game, his plus minus is point, you know, point two. Is it worth his 30 minutes a night when you could get, like you said, when you could get a legitimate shooter, a legitimate wing 
that would change the whole dynamic of the lineup. I mean, just think about if Bogdanovich was in the lineup. Then you'd have Schroeder and Walker at the guards, and then you'd have Bogdanovich, LeBron, and Anthony. To me, is even though it's just one player, it's a drastic change in what Darvin Ham can do because now that starting lineup is way more balanced with size and shooting, and you didn't really lose much off the bench. And financially, if you could make it work, Reddish, Reddish is a swap for none. So you could theoretically get Bogdanovich and Reddish or Kuzma and Reddish for just Beverly and none, and the money works. Yeah. So I'm in favor of any of it or all of the above. I just think at the end of the day, sometime between now and the trade deadline, Russ is going to have to go just because his contract can bring so much in return that unless the Lakers make a trade and get Reddish and Bogdanovich and just take off, like are just absolutely killing it. I just don't see how Russ can financially and just, just think of it from a business standpoint, right? It's like this guy, you know, he's playing pretty well, but he makes a lot of money. But if we get rid of him, we can bring in three guys or two guys for the same amount of money that can fill multiple positions, multiple roles, right? Can do multiple things for the company. Well, I'll just say this because I know we got to move to the next segment. Um, I mean, sure, uh, you know, Russ's salary, bringing in a couple guys on paper, of course, it makes sense. But you never know, uh, you know, how all those moving parts are going to work once you get them here. Uh, you know, Bogdanovich lit us up for what 38 points the other night. He'll get here and go into the slump of his life, which uh, kind of is what is stunning me about Patrick Beverly because you know, um, he was supposed to be a huge acquisition for us. And you know, he maybe, maybe like I said, he is, um, you know, on stuff that doesn't show up in the box score. And you know, we see those little when he's mic'd up and how he's really coaching defense on the sideline and all that stuff. But man, I mean, to go from the best three point shooter shooter on your team at the start of the season to what's he shooting right now, like 29, 30%, maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, that's just, that's the only reason I'm thinking like, you know, we should probably move him if we can get something, because I just don't think even he probably thought he was going to be putting up four points a game and just really being kind of a non-factor at times, you know? So, but I'll say that and uh, we should probably move on. Yeah, and, and you're right. I think volume matters too. Like value and volume, I think both matter when you're when you're looking at a trade. So, but I'm glad you brought up the shooting because now we can move into you know some of my fun my fun fun things. So oh let's move into our which stat more segment. I know this is one of your favorites, Kobe. <laughs> so I have two stats, and you will. Give me your educated opinion on what you think is more important to the success of this Laker team. I still think we need a new title for this one, but I mean, which step right. matters more? Which step yeah, matters put it, more? Put it on Something the IG. Like let the fan let the fans decide. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's go. Okay, so the first stat: um, this the Lakers, even though they've been playing very well, are still last in three point field goals made, just under ten a game and 29th in three-point shooting percentage, just a little over 32%. Um, The second stat, the Lakers, despite that, rank in the top 15 in every other category except for steals and points allowed. 
steals. I think they're like 22nd in points allowed. We're like 26 or something. So basically our defense. <laughs> yeah, basically our, basically our defense, right. <clears throat> well, defensive rating isn't bad, but points allowed is a little high. So anyway, my point is, is what, what stat is more important to you? The poor three-point shooting problem that you know still rears its ugly head every single game or the fact that we seemingly do everything else pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when we did this stat a couple weeks ago, uh, I think it was between the three-point shooting and the free throws. And I think I chose at that time free throws. And then what happens? Lo and behold, the Philly game comes around and we choke our lives away on the free throw line. And it's like all of a sudden, free throws seem to be pretty important, right? Um, But I think this go around, when I was looking at it, uh, yeah, I think, like you said, we're doing pretty well in everything else. I mean, like I said, uh, well, like I've said before, we, we, we have to have a pretty good defense, but we also have to have a pretty good offense, too. We have to do both well. We can't be at the bottom in either one, you know. And if we're in the bottom in three-point shooting, that's going to clearly, for me, be the, be the stat that matters more in this scenario. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you, you know, I, I do think it's great that we're playing well in the other categories, but it just like with Russ's contract, it, just is, it, all, it always comes back to the shooting. we've got to find a way to be a little better at three-point shooting team. We don't have to be the Boston Celtics, be number one in the league in shooting and in three-point shooting, but we just can't, we've got to be in the top 20. We just need, we've got to be in that 17, 18, 19 range, like just creep us up enough where we're a consistent threat, where we've got two or three guys on the floor at all times that can really stretch the floor because it's just going to help LeBron. It's just going to help Anthony Davis. I mean, think about this roster. Think about how dominant Anthony Davis has been playing over the last few weeks with basically no threat of a perimeter game, right? Nobody on defense is like, man, we don't, we don't want to leave all these shooters wide open. So AD is just, you know, milking the paint. He's getting double team, triple team and still dominating. Just think how much easier it would be for him to score and LeBron to score if we had more shooters. And then LeBron could, you know, I think really thrive because then he could drive and kick. And that's essentially what he did at the end of that Detroit game. And Reeves was able to hit that three in the corner and that sealed the game. And that's that's the strength of LeBron. And that's such a big part of the NBA that I just think ultimately the three-point shooting is, is a huge, huge stat that has to improve. Yeah, you uh, you snuck in a, a, a three-point shooting stat a couple weeks ago on us, uh, and, and we weren't ready for it. Um, but you you were saying you didn't think it was coincidence that the Boston Celtics had the number one record in the, in the league, and they're also the number one three-point shooting team in the league. But lo and behold, I think like the next day or the day after, I was listening to our buddies over at the Hoop Collective podcast, and they happened to bring up a very interesting stat to correlate with that. And it's not only are they the, three, the best three-point percentage shooting team and that they take the most three-pointers, but they also are number two in two-pointers attempted and made. And they're also the number one free-throw percentage team in the NBA, too. So I thought I'd just point that out. That three-point shooting doesn't always just solve all your problems. Uh, no, and, and you're right. And it's not just three. We, just, we need to have the threat of perimeter shooting in general. No, three-point shooting is, is the pinnacle of that. But, but that no, you're is right. What, the that Celtics is what are the best is, shooting team in the, in the what, league. 
that's what you've now been reduced to is like, you don't even want us, you don't even care if we're like top 15 in three point shooting. You just want us to be a threat. <laughs> I just guys, want, I just want us to be like, you know, have one or two guys that you can't, that the defense can't leave open. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Just, you know, just give me, I mean, like I said, Walker and Reeves have been a pleasant surprise, but you know, that's it. And you know, it's, I just don't know where else you turn if you if you've got to get you know three point shooting right. I I still think Matt Ryan was like is still statistically like the, the, the best three point shooter we we had. I think his percentage is still higher than anybody left on the roster. <laughs> well, it's gonna be fun How to see what happens. We'll see what happens tonight. You know, you know, Celtics probably gonna come out firing, and you know we're gonna be right there to try to match them. Who's gonna win that I showdown know, it's tonight? It's gonna be tough, and like I said, Celtics losing two games in a row so they're going to be fired up and and they've and they've struggled to you know they've shot the ball very poorly in, the, in these two losses so you know they're going to come out and hit everything right yeah yeah yep they're going to rain them on us so anyways that kind of leads us into um our last segment here a new segment to the pod um want more or want out i made a list of a few of the key rotational guys on the roster guys that are you know, in the regular rotation. And you tell me if you want to see more of them or you want them out. See, I like Ready? that title better. Want more, okay. want out. See, finally, okay. came up with something good. Okay, good. All right, I worked on it all night. Okay. <laughs> First, number one, Dennis Schroeder. More or out the door? Uh, I'm going to go with more. He's one of those guys that we had. Let go, fumbled the bag, all that good stuff, and we brought back. We're that we're doing that a lot lately, or we're thinking of doing that, bringing guys mm-hmm. back. So let's just let's 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 uh, see what he's got. I, it'd be nice to get him he's, a ring too. He's averaging nine points a game. If he could get eleven or twelve, that would be terrific. Um, yeah. Thomas Bryant. Uh, I want more and I want him to be, you know, better, you know, a couple years ago, he was shooting like 40% from three point line and he's down to 30. He's one of those guys down to 30. So he's got something in him. We got to unlock it. So I want more from TB. He's also averaging about nine points a game. So again, if he could, you know, a couple more points, if you have five, six guys averaging double figures on your team, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, number three, your boy, JTA. JTA, I feel like JTA hasn't really been given the opportunity to shine. You know, um, he's a he's a he's a, a champion, and um, I'd like to see a little bit more of him. You too, I think. I think you're always wondering why he doesn't get more minutes. So I say more. Hundred percent agree. So far, I'm on board with you. All all three of these guys, I think, are good enough to be in the rotation. But I want to see more. I want to see a little more aggressiveness, a little more opportunity, especially with JTA. I don't really understand why he isn't getting more minutes than just sporadically. I know he's hurt right now, but I think he deserves uh, a better opportunity. Plus he's one of the, one of the rare guys we got in this team. That's over six, five. Yeah. <laughs> um, Troy Brown, Jr. Troy Brown, Jr. Um, I'm going to say, uh, um, that's going to be probably out the door if I can't even figure this out. Wow, there's a major accident in front of me. Hold on, I got to get around this accident. Wow. Um, yeah, so I'm going to say, uh, I guess, out the door. Uh, I agree. I don't think he's been bad. Um, I think he's played, you know, 
fairly well here and there when he's gotten the, the opportunities. And he's not, like I said, he's not terrible to have off the bench as like, you know, maybe like a 10th or 11th guy because he can hit the three. He's okay defensively. At least he is one of the, again, one of the rare guys that's like 6'6". Six, six. But yeah, for, uh, for this exercise, uh, he's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> and the last guy, Kendrick Nunn. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go uh, out the door. Is it out the door? What's what's this called? One more, what one more or one out? Oh yeah, one out. Yeah, want want him out, man. Uh, he was already kind of on thin ice, I think, with Laker Nation after sitting out with his bone bruise all last year. And, and you better come back with a vengeance. And uh, he just has not been playing well. Um, so yeah, I would say out the door. Yep, I say get on Patrick Beverly's shoulders and mosey on <laughs> out the door. <laughs> oh God, take collect his uh, employee badge and. See you later. <laughs> uh, we want Nunya. Nunya, oh man. Yeah, that was cool. That was a cool little segment. So we'll, we'll try that. We'll switch it up every now and then. Try that one out. Yeah, I think that went well. So that's all I got for you, Kobe. I think that wraps cool. it up. Well, yeah, wrap us up. Uh, like I said, I got to get home, man. I'm ducking and bobbing and weaving in this traffic so I can get home and crack a beer and get this Laker Celtics going. That's right. That's right. Well, like I said, uh, that about wraps up this edition of the Matter of Stats podcast. As always, we appreciate you guys uh, checking us out and um, listening, following us on the IG, Twitter, YouTube. Get us anywhere you get your podcasts, and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace.